Hey guys, John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing, and that is our $5 a month plan. It's called Movie Lovers Classics. It covers bonus episodes, reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the uh, little Caesar review that we just did, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, shoutouts on the main uh, feed, early access to episodes, and then we also have all-access documentary series review, which is $10 a month. And that includes bonus episodes, Eli Roth's History of Horror, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, shout-outs on the main feed as well. And then that also includes our classic uh, movie reviews as well. And then our $20 a month plan is our VIP movie lover. And that also includes bonus episodes, classic movie reviews, interviews with independent actors, actresses, directors, and comic book writers, and it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, and shoutouts on the main feed as well. Go ahead, subscribe to the Patreon. We hope that we'll see you there, and always until next time, guys, bye-bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audio books, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too guys, that's not all they have. They also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show here on the internet. I'm joined by my fr- good friend, Charlie. Say hello to everyone, Charlie. Hello. And I'm joined by <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Say hey. hello to everybody. And for tonight, we're actually going to be talking about our top 10 movies of 2008. This is actually a year in review of best movies that came out during that year. So, with further ado, let's go on ahead. We'll go with Joe. Tell me what your number 10 is. Number 10. Number 10, I put Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Empire. It was Brendan Fraser's last, you know, mummy film, but it just, I was almost debating not putting it on at all, but I got to admit, like, it, it makes the list just because it's the mummy. You know, it, you got to put it on there. But, 
What about you guys? Okay. So, Charlie, what's your um, number I'll, Um, The Mummy's on my list, um, <laughs> but it's in the next section. Well, I can discuss that when we get to that part. All right. Yeah, that's actually in my next section as well. But um, <laughs> what's your number 10, though, man? What you got? Uh, my number 10 is uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay, get this. I can actually cross that off my list because that's actually my number seven, so I can actually contribute with you on that. Yeah, um, the news is just funny. Just the randomness, like, like a when I went in thinking, did I think I was going to see Jason Siegel's middle? No, <laughs> I, I thought it was just like, from the trailers. Is this? And it looked kind of funny like that, and this is it was hysterical. Like the best part was out. It was a uh, was Russell Brand's Out of Snow getting introduced to that character. Just the opening sequence of like the song him do something and him humping the ground, and we're <laughs> just hump like throwing papers at old people, just telling them to do something. But his performance of Inside of You was just at oh, end, God. It yeah. was just hysterical. And it's just the cast had a pretty good cast in it. I mean, just from the people like from Mila Kunis was in it. Um, Paul Rudd as the this kind of like idiot surfer dude, um, to Jonah Hill's appearance in it. And it's just like the, the once the movie got oh Bill Hader is in it, but once the movie got to Hawaii, that's when the movie just picked up to being this f- hilarious. But Russell Brand was like f- hilarious in that movie and Hit the sequel too that they did was really funny. Wait, there's a sequel to it? Oh yeah, the oh, Alpha Snow into, movie. Out, yeah, it's like a spinoff yeah. sequel. It's like Get Into okay, the okay. Creek. Oh yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. I remember I that. Came that. Yeah, but no, Russ, like forgetting Sir Marshall was just hilarious, and it's like we got a like we got a loner here. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I love that movie. Every single time I'm like having a bad day, I have to put that movie on. Because it has so many laughs and so many memorable things in this movie. Like, you have Peter, who's actually suffering from the breakup of Sarah Marshall. He's trying to forget about her. He figures, I'm going to go to Hawaii to actually forget about my girlfriend. And I love Bill Hader's whole entire thing. is like, don't you do it. Don't you go to Hawaii. And then next thing you know, he goes to Hawaii. And then I like when he's talking to Bill Hader as well. And he's on the phone. He goes, don't you talk to them. Don't you talk to them. Don't. Yeah. Just hey Sarah, how you doing? And next thing you know, he goes, "I think I just pretty much ruined her day." And yeah, and they're over there just having sex for like the whole entire like five to ten minutes. So <laughs> I thought this film was really funny. I really liked the part where Peter's actually sitting on the fire truck engine, and he's in a he's actually in a uh, pediatric uh, hospital oh, for kids. He goes, "Doc, I think I have a disease, Peter." That's I, I hate to tell you this, but you're sitting on an in fire truck. There's kids running around. He goes, come on, doc, just look at it. He goes, it looks nice, Peter. You didn't even look at it. Just it's a nice dick. Put a put a rubber on. But the movie is just fantastic. Jason Segel does a yeah. really good job with this film. Also, too, like you mentioned before, I really loved um, Paul Rudd's cameo in this film, though, too, where he's just yes. the this donor surfer dude. Who is like, hey, get up. No, you're doing too much. What are you doing? Get back up. Okay, now lay, da- lay back down. So I yeah. definitely love that. This Jonah Hill just comes in and does his thing and everything. This movie yeah. is great. 
So I love the ending of the uh, the sequence where when you see her other show, Animal Instincts, with Jason Bateman, and at him putting that. Uh, yeah, that's not the only thing that they're going to be pounding on, <laughs> or that that prison <laughs> joke. <laughs> Right. That that part actually made me laugh, though, too. And I remember uh, going to see this with somebody. We were just rolling out laughing the whole entire time. This is like the first time I actually watched the movie where I was laughing from beginning to end. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. And also, don't forget to have the song Dracula's Lambit in there, too. I was like, okay, yeah. that's, a, that's a nice little nice little touch to it. Right. Let's see here. Uh, for my number 10, I actually got Iron Man down. Uh, with Robert Downey Jr. And I know that we actually had Tropic Thunder that came out along with it a couple of months back, uh, after that. Also, too, we also had Kung Fu Panda with Jack Black that actually came out in 2008 as well. But mm-hmm. with Iron Man and everything, this is like our first introduction into the MCU, what Robert Downey Jr. could do. Everybody was taking a chance on him and everything John Favreau was. And I used to make like little crack jokes here and there. I was like, what is Iron Man going to do? Snort cocaine and then run off and into the sky and everything. But this movie was really good. I really enjoyed the whole entire delivery of Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. I really thought that he did a really, really good job with that. I loved his character arc where he goes from being a douchebag playboy to not caring about anything. to All of a sudden now he's feeling sympathy for the for the weapons that he's actually creating. And so now he wants to try and create something new, especially after being kidnapped in Iraq. I thought this movie was perfectly well done. I mean, you couldn't get any better than Robert Downey Jr. to play this role. He was made and born to play this role. But what yeah. do you guys think? Started the whole Marvel franchise. I mean, look yeah. at it. Like after Iron Man took off, everything else started taking off after that. Yeah. I and mean, on top of that, it really set a precedent, you know, than DC. Like, my personal opinion, DC went downhill, like from the beginning. Like that's just my personal take. But Marvel, I mean, after Iron Man, they just fucking took off right then and there. You know, it's like they right. took their time. They knew what they were doing. You know, they had a phase one, phase two, phase whatever going on. So I mean, yeah, I mean, Iron Man two is definitely on my list, and you know, everything they had with Iron Man, it's, it was just a plus. Like you couldn't go wrong with it. You know, yeah. like Wonder Woman, you know, <laughs> with the Wonder Woman that just came out, like there were so many things. The audience was just like, ah, look at this. Ah, look at that. Ah, look at that. But, I mean, Iron Man, it was just like, it was movies they took their time on, you know, because it really set a precedent right. for Marvel going forward. But, what about you, Charlie? What do you think? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, like, it's higher up on my list. I have it on my, like, that. I forgot where I have it. But yeah, Iron Man, it was great. I mean, it started off the MCU. And then, and then that wasn't, and he appeared in another MCU movie that came out in 2008, The Incredible Hulk. So him showing up at the end, like, yeah, we're going to start Avengers. I mean, that sparked what the MCU was, and it was this movie. And it's just, it's just unfortunate that it could have done way much. Like it, it came out like early, which would have helped. Um, but and then of course DC had their juggernaut this in this year as well. We'll talk later. <laughs> I agree. I mean, at that time, everything, the MCU was just being created. They actually were trying to establish their universe that we know today and stuff like that. They had a couple of stumbles before, but then they actually realized what they were trying to create. And now they're just on a blockbuster roll and everything and just has like a billion dollar, trillion dollar price tag on them now compared to where they were 
back with the other Hulk movie that came out before the Incredible Hulk. They know what they mm-hmm. they know what they're doing now. They're well established. They're really good at what they're doing. So yeah, Iron Man is definitely on my list for my number ten. So that brings us to our number nine. What do you have for it for us, Jeff? Uh, I'm going to lie, I didn't put them in order, to be honest with you guys. But looking at my list, I'd probably put 10,000 BC on there, number nine. Okay. I mean, it just had a, a great story arc. I mean, it was uh, kind of a Hallmark movie with some action, but, you know, it was good. It had a great set story, you know, something we haven't really seen in a while. Um, but it wasn't too out there to be at, towards the top of the list. Like, it wasn't... You know, action-packed as Iron Man, in my opinion. So it, it wasn't, like, too up there, but it was still good to be put on the list, but more so to the bottom because it didn't, I guess, captivate me as the other films on the list did. So, okay. yeah. So <laughs> what about you guys? Um, all right, my number nine is Role Models. This movie was just hilarious. It's just... I mean, you had a great cast. I mean, the the this the the bromance between Sean William Scott and uh, Paul Rudd. I mean, it was perfect for this movie. It's just, I mean, the, the the cast for this was just so great. It felt like it was uh, multiple reunions in one movie. You had the reunion from uh, the wet wet hot American summer from Elizabeth Banks to Paul Rudd to uh, I can't think think of some of the other names, but they were in that movie. And then you right. had a couple members reuniting from the show from the MTV's The State, which is MTV spoof a show, which had like a lot of the Reno nine one one cast members were a part of this show. It was just this everything about the whole Minotaur sequence was just hilarious. I mean it's just and then um like when the, just the costumes to him drinking that orange stuff to make you pee, pee like Shrek. Oh yeah. Um, to the whole LARPing situation with uh with uh, McLovin and it's just and then their fascination with Kiss. I mean, Kiss My Amphia. <laughs> yeah. And that then him describing, him describing, him describing, going, the, describing the real meaning of the song Love Gun by by Kiss. And then them dressed up as Kiss doing the LARP situation. And then Jane Lynch is um, like counselor talking about, I did cocaine. <laughs> off this guy's butt or whatever. <laughs> and then the sequence with the pretzel. <laughs> It's just, it's time this movie's on. It's, I just turn to it, and it's always the the right before they about to do the LARP situation, and Ken John as the as the king or whatever is this? He's like, yeah, that's right. You need, yeah, Burger Boy, you need to kiss my ring or whatever. Just, I mean, he just <laughs> Ken John's just got that personality that he can just do it. He's just hysterical. But this overall, the movie was just. Um, at a hard time, I originally had it as an honorable mention. It's like, you know what? I got to put it in my top 10. Um, right. It's just a funny movie. I agree. I saw this movie in theaters. I actually enjoyed I, this movie. It does have its moments of uh, being hilarious. And I also like the whole entire thing with the LARPing, McLovin being yes. in it, and his parents looking down on him for who he is and everything, which is a geek and everything. And he actually represents who we are and culture and stuff like that. And also like Paul Rudd, he goes from not caring about anything other than himself. And then same thing with Sean William Scott. And I definitely love that whole entire aspect where they're actually transforming and everything into the, uh, into the men that they actually want to be without, and the kids are actually changing them. 
But mm-hmm. I think the couple of the ones that I liked was when Sean William Scott was actually banging one of the moms from the in the camp and everything, <laughs> and and she comes out running whenever something goes aw- uh, awry with uh, one of the kids or whatever, and the woman from the forty year old version goes, "So what were you guys doing?" I know that one of you guys were banging the mom. The other one was off doing a, going to a party or whatever. So what's going on? So, but yeah, I thought this movie had really good comedic timing. I was actually kind of curious about how Sean William Scott and Paul Rudd would actually jive up because Sean William Scott is more of the crazy wild person and everything. And then you have, of course, Paul Rudd, who's actually the more chill laid back, kind of guy with a little bit of energy, but not as much energy as you would have with Sean William Scott. So I was kind yeah. of interested in that. That's actually why I went out and saw this movie and I wound up liking it. I have to say, I don't, I don't blame you one bit for actually having that on your list. Yeah. And th- so. this, this is the line. I'm like, okay, you're white. You've been Affleck. Well, I am white. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't really comment on that movie. I honestly saw that movie in 2008 and I didn't watch it again, you know, so I can't, I can't make, it's one of those movies where I can't make no comment because I barely remember it, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to pass on that one. But you know what the funny thing is, Joe? I haven't seen this movie since 2008 and something still stuck with me, which is ironic. (laughs) That I could actually remember. that's fair. Right, but it's just ironic that I haven't seen this movie for a long time and I still know the setup, I still know everything. But I also have moments like that too where I don't remember certain things from, it's like something is just blocking that whole entire <laughs> movie that I've seen, that I know I've seen, but I don't remember certain aspects of it. So, you know, I actually can relate to that. Um, oh, that's fair. Me, yeah, you guys are talking, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good movie, yeah, you know. Uh, for me, my number nine is going to be Tropic Thunder. And Definitely. this movie is hands down one of my favorite movies that I've seen from 2008, aside from my number one. But um, this is actually the rise of Tom Cruise and his career, because remember, he was actually that insane actor jumping up and down Oprah Winfrey's couch. Yeah. Everybody called him <laughs> Crazy Tom. And then all of a sudden he does Tropic Thunder and he winds up going back on top. Just like how Robert Downey Jr. did with Iron Man. So, mm-hmm. Tropic Thunder was the reboot into uh, his life. Into um, Tom Cruise's life. But what I love about this is, is the fact is a spoof film. And it's actually a movie about making a movie that isn't really a movie in the first place. <laughs> it's just them trying to be in a jungle and everything. And then you have Gary Busey in there. You have, uh, of course, Matthew McConaughey being the agent and stuff like that. I thought this movie was really well executed between Robert Downey Jr., who actually winded up wanting to be black, so he decided to get an operation so the way he can be black. And then then Jack Black, who actually wants to just get high on cocaine. And then, of course, uh, Ben Stiller in this movie doing his Ben Stiller thing. This movie just has great comedic timing. It is just perfect. And then also, too, when they're uh, going through the minefield, it's, oh, those are pretty cool special effects. And the guy with all the blood. Oh, it tastes like cherry. Don't forget, though, there's actually another part, though, too, where 
Ben as actually Ben Stiller's actually cuts kills a panda and then puts yep. puts the panda's he- uh, head as a as a hat and puts on his head, <laughs> which makes it really funny. And then the other thing I really have to say that I liked was like towards the end whenever they're running towards the helicopter and all of a sudden this one kid just jumps out of nowhere, jumps on Ben Stiller's back and just stabs him. And then all of a sudden, you just yeah, <laughs> you just chunks them into the river. Uh, yeah. what do you get? So, I know this is actually one of your guys' favorites and everything too. So, what did you guys like about it? I thought the marketing was fantastic for this. Like just the build up to it. The uh, they I think they hosted the MTV Movie Awards of that year, and they had all three of them. And then they had a little funny promo. It was uh. The funny promo is like them all three of them together. It's like, how can we promote this movie? I'm like, okay, so it's uh, so essentially it's uh, so Ben Stiller is videotaping it and like, what's gonna make my little nephew tick? So it's essentially it's just uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like obliterating um, Jack Black's nuts, essentially doing <laughs> everything he can, wearing the Iron Man food, kicking him in there, hammering it, like this random stuff. Just like it's like we don't need his nuts for the press tour. So that's what Downey Jr. is just doing it, and he's like, and he meets my, uh, and he meets the uh, the nephew, and he's like, ah, hey, yeah, that's my nephew. He's he saw Iron Man seven times and thought it was the second comedy. So Downey Jr. is going up to the kid, and he goes, hey, what's up? Would you like? And he, and he, he's like, do you like Iron Man? He goes, he goes, it'll do. So Dark Knight's out there, then you're, screwed. and then and the nephew's like, Chris and Bill will kick your ass. <laughs> is this? And then they, uh, and then the funny joke is like, okay, and he goes, what do you want to see? And then like he's like, and he goes, all right, my name is Jack Black. They put a bomb in my face. They put a bomb in my head. And I was like, oh, thank God it's not going to blow. And it just blows up. And it's just all of them are. And then they come out there to promote. And Donnie Jr.'s coming out like in all like douchebaggery outfits saying that just because he's the better one of all three of them because he just had Iron Man come out. And then the, tr- and the, the promos before the movie, too, the fake trailers they have of all the cast members of Tug Speedman. <laughs> I mean, that was just, that movie, this movie was just hilarious. It was just the, the perfect blend of action and comedy. And it's just, um, and this is, this, it was just funny. (laughs) Joe, what'd you think? Yeah. I mean, the movie was like so stupid. It was so good. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like airplane, uh, you know, back from like what the eighties or nineties, like you can't help but love it. It's just so funny. It's just so stupid. Like when uh, I think Jack Black goes into the cabin and Ben Stiller's like, this is my friend, Twigman. I'm like, well, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is going on? And then at the end of the movie, when the little kid jumps on his back and is like stabbing him, like I lost my shit. I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like you can't help but love it. And Tom then like, the best part in it though is just that him going off and then he reprised his character for when he hosted the MTV Movie Awards. And he's just like... I mean, Tom Cruise was fantastic in this movie. Just um, like going off. It was just uh, I just remember that him in that movie. He was one of the best parts. And this is one of the movies that my dad actually liked Matthew McConaughey in it because he wasn't that like that's that suave douchebaggery that character that he always plays. Right. True, true. I mean, like at the end doing his little dance, I'm like, what, what the fuck is that? Like, what is he doing? But James good all throughout. This is actually James Uppin's top 10 list. He's got number 10, Pineapple Express, number 9, Hellboy 2, number 8, Marley and Me, number 7, Iron Man, number 6, Kung Fu Panda, 
Number five, Gran Torino. Number four, Taken. Number three, Bolt. Number two, Wally. And number one, The Dark Knight. And that's his two cents, he says. So. Yeah. I didn't, like, like, I think, so. like I said, I didn't include Take because it said Taken came out in 08, but I think it didn't come out into the States until 09. And that's when I saw it in 09. So I think that's why I was like, and I couldn't include it on my list because. That movie was that movie was awesome though, but I, I just <laughs> couldn't include it on my list. <laughs> I understand. Uh, so let's see here. I got I ended up doing Tropic Thunder, so therefore it actually goes back over to Joe. So yeah. um, I'd say the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, to be honest, which is underrated. Yeah, it's it's highly underrated. I mean, like, you know, you look at movies, you're more into, drawn to action, comedy, superheroes, but Benjamin Bunn was honestly, it was a well-taught story. You know, you got, uh, what's his name, Brad Pitt, you know, going from old to young, and I'm just like, it, it's one of those stories you never think to hear. You know, it's so different, it stands out. But, I mean, the supporting actors, that I can't remember, Um the main impact on me was just the whole storyline in general, you know, how you see things from a different point of view, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Just a rare movie experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What did you guys think? Did you guys see it? I saw it. It was, I thought it was, a little, <laughs> like, I thought it was a little too long. That's Charlie's just, like, it sucked. <laughs> no, I, I didn't, it's not on any of my lists. <laughs> I don't know. I like Brad Pitt. It's just like for like some things I was watching and it's just, that I think it's it's it fits the director because he makes those types of weird kind of movies in a sense that you don't see him make. I don't know. I don't remember it as that much. I mean, I watched it a while ago, and I don't like. I just remember Brad Pitt in it. And I just don't remember. <laughs> it's like that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Sorry. That's fair. That's fair. I came close to actually putting that on my list. It didn't quite make it. Sounds like it sucked. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I ended no, up liking it though. <laughs> I ended up really oh, liking this fair. film. Yeah, I really like this film. It's just that other films I had in my mind on what I thought was that might I actually outshine it a little bit more than the other. Because that's actually how I look at my list. I'm like, okay, what performance outshine this list and makes it different from this movie? That's actually how I actually make my list. And I definitely love the this is actually what I call the Benjamin Button special effects, <laughs> where we actually have mm-hmm. the, the aging of movie stars now. Whenever you looked at The Irishman, for example, and stuff like that, if it wasn't for Benjamin Button, we wouldn't have that kind of thing going on, especially when RDJ is in the Civil War and the Civil War movie and everything with Captain America. We would not have that technology if it wasn't for that movie. And I really have to say, this movie was really good. And it also has a moral to the story as well and things like that. I really have to say, I cared about the characters. I cared about the development. I was also wondering, how is this movie going to end with him being young and stuff like that, too? Yeah. Is he going to die young? Or what's going? What's the whole entire perspective on how he actually dies, if he actually dies at all? So my imagination was just going a mile a minute with this movie. So that was actually a good movie and everything. I do... Think that's actually worthy of actually having that on that list so good job on that one um yes so, <laughs> um so charlie what do you have all right my next movie on my list i've got kung fu panda on there it's just okay it was just one of those enjoyable like it's a it's a kid movie but it didn't really feel like a kid movie it was entertaining jack black was in it like the whole like the voice actors they that they got for this movie is just like 
it's like one of those very rare occasions that you get all these people together and it's actually and it and it, and it actually is an entertaining movie and it's just like from Angelina Jolie to Jack Black to Dustin Hoffman, we uh, Seth Rogen, Lucy Liu, Jackie Chan, um, like this from like the voice actors that they had in this movie it was this and it's just one of those entertaining and it's just it's it's just one of those it's just an entertaining movie and like they all are all three of them have been or are entertaining I mean getting Jean Claude Van Damme and one of them and even Gary Oldman like Gary Oldman I mean it's just these are just entertaining movies. And it's just it's just one of those entertaining like lighthearted family movies, but it's just entertaining. Okay, I actually have the wrestler with Mickey Rourke, which yeah. I thought was really good. And this, it's, for some reason, I'm a sucker for comebacks and everything too with actors. I'm always rooting mm-hmm. for their next film to actually be better than what they are, and also too to be able to shape them into the actor that they once were. And I feel like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke actually did that because that actually peaked his whole entire career and everything in 08 and everything. Because for a while, Mickey Rourke actually disappeared from the scene. And all of a sudden, he does The Wrestler. It's a low-budget film. It's an independent film. And this is actually inspired by Jake the Snake Robinson, the wrestler from back in the 80s. And he uses... Those type of even the songs and everything they actually use from the eighties as well with the hairstyle bands and things like that was perfectly well done. And then also to Mickey Rourke talking about how passionate he is about wrestling and stuff like that. He, he's an amateur wrestler who's trying to be pro, and then he does a bunch of stuff that actually ruins his career and and, and hits rock bottom. But he still has that passion in him to want to wrestle, and he's actually living out in a trailer. He's, uh, there's a bunch of things that actually goes on in this movie where you're rooting for Mickey to actually make a comeback for his character to come back to where he once was. And he just keeps on hitting rock bottom after rock bottom. But, you know, that's just the way life is. One minute we're actually on the peak of our height, and the next thing you know, we're knocked down a couple of inches and everything, and we have to try and get back up again. And that's what I actually feel that I actually got from the wrestler. And, you know, I think that... Not only that, but if it wasn't for the wrestler, though, too, Mickey Rourke would not have been invited into the WWE for SummerSlam, where he was actually there. I forgot who he was actually wrestling or doing something, but I think it was like the him wrestling against The Rock or something like that. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember it was during Summer, SummerSlam. So it wasn't for him doing that, uh, doing the wrestler. It would have actually been, he wouldn't have actually done anything. But what did you guys think? Did you guys see the wrestler or anything like that? It's really underrated. Um, I saw like years ago. I saw bits and pieces of it. Um, like I like my brother and I were watching it. I think we got to a certain point. Um, and then because uh, we're wrestling fans. Um, and then like the WWE, and then I stopped watching WWE, and I'm an AEW fan. Um, and then and then, but I know what happens in it, and it's like I never really finished fully finished like watching it. Um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't get into it. I saw a trailer. It just, it's one of those movies that didn't interest me. No, it's like if it's not Rocky, pass. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Movies like that, it's not for everybody and things like that. And I totally understand that and I respect that. Um, and I get this. I actually stopped watching WWE after the Undertaker and Ladder Match and everything. 
but it was just something that was enticing where I was like, okay, I want to try and watch something different outside of my wheelhouse. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, let's go with the wrestler and see how this is. And this is also during Academy Award uh, season yeah. as well, where he was about to be mm-hmm. nominated. So I'm like, okay, let's see where this is actually going to go. So I ended up liking it, even though I had like um, real low expectations. And those low expectations actually helped me to watch the film. So, okay, so yeah, that was actually... I said at oh, that time boy. period, I wasn't really, in, I wasn't into those Oscar movies um, as much as I am now. Um, I think it was, I was like, that was 2008. So um, honestly, I forgot what. That was years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was like, yeah, it feels like a century. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but I, I just wasn't into those Oscar movies. But now mm-hmm. I think, like I said, since like that, I try to watch a lot of movies as I, as the years have gone on. So I think maybe I go back to it, maybe not. But then again, is this. He just doesn't really like, like interest me. He just sounds kind of like okay. kind of a like a douche a little bit in real life, or just in the uh, in in the roles. I mean, he wasn't. He was kind of like I don't remember him that much in the the first Expendables movie because I I didn't watch right. it for him. I watched it for the other guys. <laughs> right, exactly, and also too, it wasn't for the wrestler. He would not have been, even been in uh, the Expendables Probably movie, not. but. So that was the another thing though too that he had going for himself. He had a little bit of a peak of uh, a peak season for Mickey Rourke. Yeah. He actually had a lot of things going during that time. Yeah. So let's see here. That was my number eight, and let's see here. Um, next we actually had number seven. All right. So back to me. I said Step Rose. So I mean, I think okay. that that movie was just fucking hilarious. You got Will Ferrell, John, is it John Relly? Yep. Yeah, and then you got Adam Scott. Like me personally, I think Adam Scott killed it in that one. They were, they're all singing in the van, and then he's just like, "You're not, you're not doing it right, babe. You're not doing it right. You're not hitting that note." And I'm just like, I was like, "Damn, this is good." And uh, but yeah, I mean, like you know, Will, uh, Will Ferrell pretty much nailed that role right there. I mean, Definitely. you got, you know what, he's like, what, 35-year-old, you know, son, and, you know, he meets John, and he's like, what, the same age? You got to call me Dragon. Yeah, and then in the middle, they're like, you know, they become best friends, and dude, when he jumped on the bunk bed and it came down to him, I was just like, all right, this sold it for me. This is fucking great. And then the part where he dresses up like a Nazi to get the neighbors out. Uh, of, of, <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> and then there was also another part, though, too, where he actually uh, was making a bunch of noise so that way uh, it made it look... Because you're going to love this neighborhood. It is so good. And he's just <laughs> doing something off the wall <laughs> and everything to where they're like, okay, we do not want to buy the house. So well, that was actually funny. <laughs> Then the tuxedo bit was actually funny though too, where they actually go to yeah. the job interview for the tuxedos. Yeah, <laughs> you guys were in tuxedos to job and were clean toilets. Or, and then um, I think I think one of the sequences I don't know if it was in the theaters version, but I think in the direct in like a director's cut or something had the scene with Seth Rogen about the gym teacher, and he's just sitting there like he sounds like pretty cool dudes. Um, <laughs> or um, of course their uh, their music video boats and hoes. He's oh driving, yeah, he's driving the boat. <laughs> <And just laughs> crashes for the uh, for the sequences. Like, hey man, get your feet off the couch. Why well, y'all sweaty? Watching cops. 
But did, did you touch my drum set? And then, or this sequence there is like, and it's like, oh, Shark Week. Yeah, you got some serious hair on that. Still hate you. Still hate you. And this song. <laughs> That, that movie is definitely what made Shark Week a thing. Like after yeah. that movie, everyone you see on Facebook is Shark Week. Shark yeah. Week. And is this, <laughs> then the bro, and then Rob Riggle's appearance is like uh, he he would eat your dick like Kobe <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. That movie's higher yeah. up in my list. <laughs> it's on my list. That movie's so funny. <laughs> and then well, what you got for the next one? Um, my number seven, I got Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Um, this was just, it was just an entertaining Hellboy movie. It's, uh, it was Guillermo del Toro, it's just like Hellboy, it's just, it's just entertaining. It was like, they built upon what the first one did. It was just great, and then they set up like a great moment at the end for the, for the third one, whenever they do it. And then they did the reboot, and I was like, yeah. oh. But no, this yeah, one, was, it was entertaining. <laughs> It's the, the the scene with them singing Barry Manilow is just that that this is funny. It was just one of those. It was just an entertaining movie, and it's just got and it had like Guillermo to tour's like best guy. I think uh, like Luke Goss playing the villain, and he's pretty good at playing villains. He always likes to like put the makeup and the stuff on. I mean, he was a great villain in Blade Two. I mean, he's just got that niche with uh, Guillermo del Toro. But he was a pretty good villain. But it was just, it was just it, it, and Seth MacFarlane voiced the uh, the third uh, third in command guy or whatever the guy that uses his fog or whatever. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it, I just remember it just being entertaining. Okay. Well, my number seven was forgetting Sarah Marshall, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with my number six, which would be the Incredible Hulk, which is also underrated as an MCU film. And everything too, because this is still an MCU film, even though it's by Universal Studios. It has nods to Stark at the very beginning with the credits and everything too. So you can actually tell that it is connected into the MCU. Everybody's like, "Well, I'm not sure if Thunderbolt Russ is still gonna is still gonna be part of the MCU." Well, lo and behold, in Civil War, he's actually part of it. And so now we're gonna have the Abomination back again. And everything in the MCU, which is something that I'm really happy about. I can't wait to see the motivation behind that. But after coming off of that horrible 2003 or 2004 Hulk movie, it was good to see something that was actually fresh. And also, too, seeing that the effects actually improved for that time. Because I think the effects looks a whole lot better. And, of course, you have Edward Norton playing Bruce and also the Hulk Mm -hmm. was really good. I felt like he did a very good job of playing both and balanced them out. And I thought that the Stan Lee cameo was really good when he winds up dying from the, um, you know, from the blood and everything that was part of Bruce Banner. I thought that was actually pretty funny. I thought that um, the original Hulk showing up in this movie was really good. But Luke Farino uh, was actually pretty good for the cameo appearance. Liv Tyler does a good job in this film. The movie just delivers on all aspects. You have your action, you have your drama. You're wondering if Bruce is going to make it out of this thing and where are they going to go from here? And then all of a sudden you see that very first cameo and everything with Stark showing up. And then you know that the Avengers are going to be is actually going to be happening. So, that's actually going to that was actually my number 6. So, what did you guys think? I have it as an honorable mention. Um, I, I loved I thought it was entertaining. It was a lot better than that piece of garbage that came out in 2003. 
the, the image, uh, the, the 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 color design of the Hulk was so much better in this one. It was just too greenish. Eric Bannon, Eric Bannon was just a whiny. Just he was just whiny the whole movie in the, the 2003. That's all I got from it. Ed Norton played great. I mean, the the love interest of uh, Liv Tyler was great in this one too. It's just and and the the the, the abomination character itself, like uh um. I forgot his name that played him, but uh, he he was great as the abomination, as, and then the the fight sequences, the action was a lot better, and it was that, and then um again, and then this was the uh, when Stark's appearance at the end of it, like you knew, like okay, things are picking up like quickly now, and, and then I, I, ironically, two years later, it picks up like tremendously for the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't really have much to comment on it. I mean, it was a great movie, and it just shows like what a fucking roided-out human can fucking do. Like, you know, like what someone with immense strength can do. I mean, overall, yeah, Edward Norton, you know, he was great in it, and yeah, it it pretty much, you know, as soon as you saw Iron Man in it, you knew that the Avengers it was coming together. You knew that something was in the works. Mm-hmm. I think that's when everyone started reaching for their seats, like, ah, shit, you know, what's gonna come? What's next? What's yeah. next? But, so yeah, I mean, oh, am I next for the movie? Yeah, because yeah, this will be your number okay. six. Uh, let's see, Dark Knight, definitely. Okay. I mean, Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, iconic role. Can't go wrong with that shit. Um, yeah, I mean, just great Batman movie. Um, to be honest, I can't really say too much about it um you know i mean me as a movie i personally like you know i remember the cast or some of the cast i remember the actors in it but it's like you guys seem like more i want to say um more so in depth with the movies than i am right now so granted first time on here i'm still getting a hang of everything it's my number one to it once i get to my number one <laughs> I can jump off of it and everything and do it that way. That Dark Knight was actually my number one as well. So I can just yeah. go on ahead and bounce off of you on that and everything. So that'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah so John, tell us about the Dark Knight. <laughs> huh? What were you saying, Charlie? Oh, tell us about it. Okay. So the Dark Knight, I remember going to see this three times in the theater. The first time I saw it with a group of friends, and then I saw it again another time, and then I got, a fr- I was with a date, someone that I was actually dating for my work, and I knew somebody in the theater, and like, I can hook you up with some free tickets, so I wound up getting some free tickets, and we went to see The Dark Knight, but I also remember when, you know, people were actually talking about Heath Ledger, about, oh, I don't think he's the right fit for the Joker or anything like that. I wasn't one of those people. I was like, okay, I want to see what he actually brings. And then all of a sudden, you know, I see the poster plastered up with the gun, with the Tommy gun and stuff like that, with his long purple uh, trench coat and with the long hair, with the Joker makeup. I'm like, okay, I'm sold. And so from then on, I was rooting for The Dark Knight. And then when I saw this movie, it just it was just fantastic from the delivery of Heat Ledger showing up and everything. And when he shows up with those other gangsters in the gangster's basement, pretty much, and he says, I'm gonna make this pencil disappear. And then all of a sudden, 
da-da. And then <laughs> that was one of my favorite deliveries of the Joker. That was my the introduction into this world of the Joker. This was more of your realism Batman versus the comic book feel of Batman because that's actually mm-hmm. how Nolan wanted to actually do it. He wanted this to be more about realism versus doing the comic book stuff. And it actually works. I mean, for what he did with the first two films, it actually works. It benefits itself coming off of The Dark Knight Begins and also having The Dark Knight. You have Heat Ledger doing the best performance that he ever gave us, aside from A Knight's Tale, aside from the other movies that he's done. This movie was fantastic from the writing, from the delivery of the lines, just from the whole entire makeup aspect of it as well. And just the dark humor that Heath Ledger actually brought to us was really good. And then mm-hmm. also, too, you also have the struggle with uh, Bruce and uh, and Batman, though, too, especially after the loss of his girlfriend. And then also, too, Harvey Dent, uh, two faces in this movie, too. And it's not overcrowding crowding this in this movie at all, having two villains. I thought, I thought they did really good. So what did you want to add, Charlie? Oh, the movie was amazing. Like I like so I when, like how I got into these Batman movies, it was like it was like I was at my grandmother's house and like think when Batman Begins came out, my dad's like, Hey, you wanna go see what's like you wanna do something? Let's go see the new let's see Batman Begins. I'm like, sure. So uh, me and a bunch of my uh, my my cousins and stuff, we all went to see it and it was just that movie was great and then I didn't pick up on the calling card at the end of the movie and until I I, re- I I bought it, I think I bought like the special edition Blu-ray, which came with one of those movie money things that you get a free. So essentially, redeem this for a free ticket to see The Dark Knight. And then when I watched the end of it. Here, here's his calling card. He's less. Uh, he's all about the dramatics, like you are. And flip it over. It's the Joker. So they tease the Joker in at the end of Batman Begins that they're going to. And then, and then this this the, this the hype around this movie or that opening weekend. It is the highest. Like, I was like, so I saw my dad and my brother and I. We saw it on a Sunday, and we I, I call it that so we were part of history. We were part of the highest grossing movie of that of the year in one weekend for how much money this movie made and the hype around it and the hype that it's Christian Bale coming on telling you do not take your kids to see this movie, mainly because of Two Face, because of the how how scary he looked. In 2008, I mean, to see nothing but bone and eye, like the eye popping out of this, how how realistic they made this. And it's just the, the perform like the only performance I didn't care for was Maggie Glil- like uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal as, as uh, mm-hmm. Rachel. I actually liked um, the the previous actress better oh, for yeah. Rachel. I just I just fought when like and then it is when she got. She died. I was like, okay, I'm okay. I mean, Rachel was just there. Um, well, like I mean, the like Katie it's Holmes version. Yeah, yeah, Katie Holmes. Yeah, I liked her yeah. better. She was more than that. And then, and then is it with the twist of how about like that that sequence of him going to find Rachel end up being Harvey Dent? Just that that sequence alone was so like intense that you got you you're rooting for them to find the right person. I mean, just everything about it from the delivery. I'm like, I just, I, I just want my, I just want my phone call or the Joker <laughs> antagonizing the cop. Do you want to know which ones were sissies? Like, it's just the delivery of it. It's just the movie was so good. I mean, it's just, I, I, I mean, I haven't watched it in 4K yet, but I'm, I want to. It's just like, and how the sequences were just, how everything was shot to the action. It just got me hooked 
on Christopher Nolan as a director because he is he makes these movies that are entertaining that he knows what he's doing and it's just the Dark Knight is just amazing and then this the, the action sequences is like um like where the scene where the Joker's at the dinner party and it's just and then there's a group called I think it was uh Evil Iguana they did a trailer like they they were they were spoofed everything the way they spoofed the Dark Knight thing was just, like is like this got the movie like this, like how popular this movie is. It's just, it's just, it's such a great movie. And it had to be my number one. It just, nothing else came close to this movie for 2008. Oh, yeah. It was, there's so many good, but this is just a, a fantastic movie. And I have to, I have to agree with you on all levels on that part though, too, because I remember at work when I was actually watching, trying to watch the trailer for this, a buddy of mine is the, also the x-ray tech and we're over there in his office trying to watch the trailer and we're trying to wait for the laugh the joker laugh and as soon as we heard just the joker laugh alone i'm like we're like yes that's the joker that we want we don't have any yeah. idea what we're in store for we just heard the laugh yeah. and that was it and that alone is what made us want to go out and see it um, i mean well-deserved oscar well-deserved oscar for heath ledger it's just it's such a shame that he died but he was yeah. a key alone is like my bar from for being a Joker. Like I mean, like I said once, I mean that's I didn't see 2019's Joker. I didn't want to. I'm not a big Joaquin Phoenix fan. It's just like we, uh, Heath Ledger did a fantastic job alone. We don't need to see an origin story, and then and then it's like no origin story. I mean, you're in Gotham. You gotta have Batman. Yeah, I think after Heath Ledger passed away, like they should have left a longer gap of time before you know, bringing another Joker into yeah. the spotlight. But I mean, that's my take. But you know, as you said, with that scene where it's he has to choose between his love interest or Harvey you know, Dent. Har- yeah, Harvey Dent. Like that's when you're at the edge of your seat. That's just like, fuck, who's he gonna pick? What's okay. gonna happen? You know. And you knew he was picking Rachel. You just knew he was like, I'll go for Rachel. But it- <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the, the, the twist about how he, you know, as him being the Joker, it was a twist, and it was like, wow, Joker. I, I thought it was the Riddler that did that thing because that's something Riddler would do. Like, riddle me this, Batman. Who are you gonna choose? Oh, I switched it up on you, like a riddle or whatever. And it's just this that that sequence is what I remember bigly about that movie is that, and it's just this the, that that se- that chase sequence and that 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 motorcycle effect, how he became. How it went from the tank to oh, the motorcycle. Yeah. That sequence was just Not cool. I'm like the motorcycle was awesome, though. It, of course, I love the t- I love the uh, the bat the Batmobile, the tank. I mean, I love that tank. And then it's how it's how it got destroyed. I'm like, oh. And then it's like, oh, motorcycle. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the kids in the tunnel where they're actually acting like they're they're shooting something, and all of a sudden this yeah. explosion just winds up happening. Acting like yeah. they're the ones who did that. So uh, that was actually pretty funny. So um, and then this the this, this, this Joker's performance, like yeah, and like the sequence at dinner is like let her go. I'm like, ooh, poor choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other thing I liked though was the fight scenes between the Joker and him was really good, and everything, especially yeah. whenever he's in the interrogation room and he slams yes. Joker's head on the table. He goes, oh, yeah. don't go for the head. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I think okay, so with that being said, I think it's back to me, I believe. So um, I think I, yeah, I think I, I think sure. it's me because I didn't do my number six yet. 
And that was Step okay, Brothers, yeah. and we discussed that, yeah. We already discussed Step Brothers, so that was November okay. 6th. It was this funny okay. movie. All right. I think you're so, at number five. Yeah, I'm at my number five, which will be Gran Torino with Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. which is actually one of my other favorite movies because I know it's just that grumpy old man, get off my lawn type of thing. But I really like this movie because of the fact that he's a, he has this old school mentality of actually the way he's actually been brought up. And then you actually have the family members, all they're in there in it for and everything too, is just to get his stuff and everything. And then the little girl, the do- granddaughter's like, where's the Wi-Fi at? I need Wi-Fi. And you're at a funeral for Clint Eastwood's wife that just passed away your grandmother just passed away and all you care about is wi-fi and they know how selfish they actually are and clint eastwood actually thinks that he can take care of himself it doesn't need anybody so you know then all of a sudden this uh, vietnamese kid that's actually next door to him he winds up becoming friends with him at first they're not getting along with the neighbors or anything like that then all of a sudden the kid just starts coming over his house and next thing you know it clint eastwood's just trying to teach him and everything of growing up and it's a coming of age movie if you actually think about it whenever you look at the kid and also has the drama and everything too because the kid is actually learning things from clint eastwood's character and also trying to learn from him and growing with him and he, they actually have this close bond and by the time the movie actually wraps up and everything i think they did a really good job at wrapping the movie up i like the action sequences when the gang members come over to clint eastwood's house and clint actually has to go ahead and fight them off i thought that was really good this movie is really good it's a tearjerker it pulls on your heartstrings it make you laugh it'll make you cry it will pull on all aspects of how you actually view this film but gran torino is definitely my number five so did you guys see this movie? Did you guys like it? Yeah, I mean, I saw it. Um, you know, I think Clint Eastwood, I think, uh, I don't want to say he plays the same character in every movie, but he kind of plays the same character in every movie. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like that that tough guy that, you know, ooh, what are you doing on my lawn type of guy. You know, and it was a great movie. You're right, it was a coming-of-age story. You know, he does go ahead and, you know, he shows, hey, look, this is what it means to be a man. And, you know, he helps raise the actor you know, in that movie, you know, how to be a man, essentially, you know, how to basically handle your own ground and, you know, do what it takes to get to where you want to go. Um, other than that, I mean, that's all I got for that movie. Like I said, it's been years since I've seen it. Charlie, you take over. I have not seen it. I know what happens in the end, though. I mean, it just, again, this is, <laughs> didn't really, I mean, it just didn't interest me. I didn't see it. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of his later work and Clint Eastwood just, I mean, I mean, I think he just needs to like paint it up a little bit. Cause I think like he, he like the quality has been going down as of after probably Torino. I mean, he did the the mule, which wasn't great. Um, Richard Jewell was okay. Um, I felt bad for the main character, but that, and then it's just, I don't know. I just like this, this, this didn't seem like something I'd, would want to watch i mean i i mean i watched unforgiven at, at my film class and co- at salisbury um but that was entertaining but then again like i said i'm not a he's hit or miss like i like his earlier stuff when he when he's this old guy like joe you said he, he kind of typecast <laughs> the old guy grizzled old man like 
<laughs> I don't know. It's it's hilarious to see him as like a comedic actor. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, just see Clint Eastwood like <laughs> do Tropic Thunder. I I pay extra for that. Like, Me too. I would like to see him in the sequel or something. <laughs> you That'd know, I feel sure. All right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, continuing off the movie list, uh, you guys honestly went through all my top ten. And after that, the only honorable mention I have is Wally. I mean, <laughs> Wally was okay. a good movie. I mean, it's good. It was a Disney movie? It was a Disney yeah. movie. Right? Yeah. yeah. Man, it's, it's, no, I didn't see it. It's like Benjamin Button. It's just, it's something different. Like, who would have yeah. thought a story of a robot on Earth when, you know, everything has basically gone to shit? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, honestly, nothing really come after that. It was just a yeah. decent movie. Yeah. Yeah. Five years old, hits you in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Charlie, your turn. Uh, <laughs> the, next, the next two I had on my list, like, well, next three on my list, we kind of already discussed. I had six with Step Brothers, five was Tropic Thunder, and four was Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. So, my number four was actually the movie 21. Oh, I know that movie. Yeah, I actually like this movie because I'm into. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: I like good heist films. I also like good movies where it's dealing with the poker tables and stuff like that, which is why I like Casino Royale for 007, everything because yeah. I like mm-hmm. I like seeing stuff like that. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, for them to actually have uh, the cast with they. The, what they chose and everything for the cast was really good. Patrick, you know, you can't go wrong with that cast. And also, too, Lawrence Fishburne's in this movie, who actually plays one of the casino owners. And also, too, you know, you're wondering if these people are actually going to get away with uh, actually cheating and betting with uh, the blackjack tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, too, I like how it's actually he's there's this college student who's just like a call like. Boston uh, and Harvard was just trying to get by. Who's actually just trying to go on it. He's actually working in this suit and uh, tie shop, just trying to get by with everything and just go to college and try and pay his tuition. And of course, Harvard and everything's all big money anyways. But all of a sudden the teacher winds up telling him about gambling and stuff like that. And next thing you know it, they go to Vegas to uh, hustle down some blackjack tables and things like that. And he has more, he had more money than he knew what to do with and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I thought it was really good. What about you, Charlie? What, what did you think? I, I haven't seen it. Um, I know of it. Okay. Um, I, just, I, 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 um, I just haven't seen it. Sounds like a great movie. Haven't seen it okay. also. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest with you and everything, I, every single time when this movie is either on or on Netflix, I just have to watch this film because of the fact that I just like movies that's dealing with gambling when it's dealing with blackjack tables, casinos, and stuff like that. There's just something about it. I don't know if it's the Italian in me or not, but that's just something that I like. So I just thought 21 was just a fun movie. So that's my number four. So let's see. So, do you have anything else, Charlie, or was that everything that you yeah, had? I had a couple others. Okay. Yeah, um, Joe, do you have any other movies on your list? Uh, I mean, Zach and Mary make a porno. Like, that was <laughs> funny. But, like I said, I mean, we already went through, you know, the top ten I had on my list. Those were just other mentions. Okay. All right. My number All right. My number three 
um, wanted. Third James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie. Mm. This movie is just this definitely changed the game when it came to action movies for me. And this is again, it's based off a comic book, which was actually really cool. And um, like when I first saw the trailer, like okay, this is cool. Usually Julie's in it. She's been in a lot of action movies. And then like, and then she said, "Curve the bullet." I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Bullets can curve? And I was like, when I saw the scene when the bullet curved around her to the target, I was like, whoa. And then um, so I was like, I was interested in the movie already. And then when I told my dad who the director was, and he was the guy, he was the director of uh, Night Watch and Day Watch. And my dad, that my dad, once I told him the director, he loved those movies. He was sold. So we went to go see this. This movie is just awesome. And like the the opening action sequences, the, the car chase sequence. Um, I mean, first time I ever heard my, Morgan Freeman drop the motherfucker line. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, it's just, I, and then, or is it the, the moment for me, like, or the whole train action sequences, everything had a lot of great action in it. I mean, and also it just adds the type poor common being typecast as an assassin because he's a pretty good assassin <laughs> so anyway the uh the sequence that got me hooked on this movie is towards the end when wesley goes back into the fraternity with the two guns and like in all in that slow motion style or fast frantic pace once i realized he was going back in there to have the shootout i was like no way i, I didn't i didn't see that happening and then of course the the line by Morgan Freeman is like, oh, if like you, um, if as for the fraternity says, as Wesley wants, pull, pull, put your gun in your mouth, pull the trigger. If not, shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> whoa, Morgan Freeman dropping the f bomb. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and then the this the whole the idea of the trajectory of the bullet about it rewinding it back in time and seeing where the bullet went, how far it went to seeing Chris Pratt being as, as Wesley called him the sack of shit, best friend. I mean, I mean, that's Chris Pratt being in this movie. I didn't see that one. And then it's just the bullet going through the donut, just going for everything. And then Morgan Freeman just stepping on the X, the end. And like with him realizing he just got duped. I mean, the movie is just fantastic. The action was great. The curve and the bullet. It was just, it's just one of those great action movies. Okay. And then my number two, I had uh, Rambo. The, the the Rambo in Burma when he went to Burma. Oh, yeah, like, when he shot him oh, this movie for me, as I credit it, is out. That's how I became friends with with my like, Sean and Tim was because of that movie. <laughs> This movie was just, it was short, and it was one of the ones where being short was okay, because when the action hit, nonstop. I mean, once Rambo, like, got to, like, once he, like, after he took him on the boat, and this, like, when he shot off all, all of those, like, the Burma Pyrenees pirates, and then when he went back, when he found out when the, as soon as they got taken, and he's like, where are they? And then, you know, this, him just quiet the whole time, and so it was like, and then he shows up with the bow and arrow, and he's like saying, "All right, we need to move." And then that, that threat that he gave the, uh, the the mercenary guy is just. But this movie is just it was just classic Stallone, and it was it was just one of those violent movies. It's really violent, but it's just it's Stallone kicking ass, and this the the sequence of him with the machete chopping the guy's head off and then get on the uh the m90 machine gun on the trank and this turn it everybody to swiss cheese on the on the windshield <laughs> and, and it's just this going 
just going berserk on every single one of those like those people that deserved it. It was just, it was just my favorite Rambo movie. It was just one of my favorites. Okay. It's just that's why it's my number two. It was just so good. Yeah, and of course I my number one was that. yeah. I haven't seen this movie in a while, so my 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 mind is actually vaguely empty with it. So I don't really know that much or remember that much about it. It has Rita but... from the Dexter movie in it. Dexter, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like um, I liked Rambo, but the thing is, for me, it's like sometimes when I look at movies, I try to picture like, okay, well, what if it was like reality, you know, in real life? And yeah. all I see is like freaking Sylvester Stallone just like walking back, like holding his hips, like ow, ow, pain, <laughs> ow, ow, from all that running and everything. So when I watched the movie, that, that's all I could think of. It's like, you know, he, he's running like, what, half a mile? Like, he's got to be, he's got to be winded. You know what I mean? He's got to yeah. be exhausted. He's got to take some Advil or something after all that. But, I mean, not, none, yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, it was a great movie. Um, it is. Yeah. I mean, is it seeing him run away from the, uh, from the atomic, like, like the, the, the setting up the mine, like underneath the, uh, the, like the uh, nuclear missile or whatever that was. I mean, to see him run, I mean, it's just like this every, uh, how he knew exactly what to do. Like it just, it never turned off. And the, the, the interesting thing is we almost never had this movie if they kept the original ending of first blood. When he shoots him, like when he when he when he when um when his uh his his uh his commander in chief shoots him, that's mm-hmm. an ordered ending. In the very first first blood shoots him, yep. and that and he dies. So they decide not to do that, and then then that's what it led to the other Rambo movies. That I mean, it's this is the one I was personally expecting from the latest Rambo. Um, the latest Rambo is still entertaining nonetheless, but this one is just my favorite of the Rambos. It was just this. I just remember this movie like so vividly. Anytime it's on, I'm turning, I'm watching it. It's so good. And and it's because after this, got the Expendables, so I was happy on that. That's good. But yeah, I remember uh, this new Rambo and everything. Matter of fact, I called it Home Alone equals Saw equals Taken. Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) That's what I actually called. The last Rambo movie, which I had a good time watching that last Rambo movie, but I just wish I could actually remember this one that you saw. Yeah, no, um, um, the, the, this one was good. I mean, I saw the, the the cool thing about the last Rambo. It it came out right on my birthday, like last year. So it came out, so I was able to go see it. I'm like, I we, we got to go see this. It's on my birthday. We're seeing this new Rambo movie. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I like I like going to yeah. movies on my birthday as well. Yeah, um, I do too. Um, Let's see here. For my number three, I have The Strangers, which is a horror movie uh, with, uh, with yeah. Scott Speedman. Yes, I like this movie for the simple reason it's a simple mo- it's a simple plot. It's simplistic. It's not overcomplicated. It's not oversaturated with characters. It's a setting in one area, which is something I really like because a lot can even, it can happen in one area versus having several different set pieces. And there's just something horrifying about somebody just knocking on the door or banging the door in while you're having dinner. And then these people just come in and they just want to kill you. And you don't know why they want to kill you, the motivation why they want to kill you. But the bottom line is they want to kill you. But there's no background music to let you know that there's something horrifying that's about to happen, which is something that I liked about it. The camera angles were really good. You can actually, there's no really any shaky cam, which is something that I really am happy about because you're able to see everything. 
because I believe shaky cam can actually pull you out of the movie faster than anything when it comes down to horror films. And I want to be able to see everything. And I felt like I got to see everything I needed to see with the strangers. And matter of fact, I actually didn't feel like I was watching um, them being held hostage. I actually felt like I was with them and everything and wanting to actually escape with them versus just watching a film and I'm in my living room or whatever. I just felt like that I was actually engaged into the whole entire aspect that these people are actually being held hostage and I was being held hostage with them. So just because of the whole entire setup, but I don't know if you guys seen this movie or not, but I enjoyed it, but I don't, I didn't like the second one, but this one actually holds a higher, higher grade on my, on my end as far as a horror movie in 2008. Um, I'm not a horror movie fan, so I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. What Sounds you, like a great movie, <laughs> but I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. Um, my number two would be taken. I did see this in 08. Because there was like a special, there was actually a special screening or whatever. So I actually got a chance to see this in 08 before it got dropped in um, all over the movie theaters and everything in 09. So that's why I actually have it in 08. I actually did a review for this on the channel as well. Um, I haven't seen Liam Neeson in anything since Darkman or anything after that. So, and I know his IMDb is huge. I know that he's been in other movies other than Darkman or whatever. But the last time I saw him in anything as a kid was Darkman. I didn't remember him in anything else. And to I see him in Taken, what's that? Is that you didn't see him in Star Wars: The Phantom Menace? <laughs> oh, I might no, have actually. Quite on That's right. I forgot he was in that movie. Then again, I was trying to block out Jar Jar and everything else that was. <laughs> but anyways, um, yes, but sorry. <laughs> it, was just, it was just good to see Liam Neeson kicking ass and being as old as he is to be able to yeah. do the stunt work, to be able to take down somebody and then also him electrocuting someone without electricity because in France and people in overseas, the current just stays charged. That part they actually mm-hmm. got right. There is no cutoff limit like over here. Once you reach 250 uh, volts, you're dead. Over there, there's yeah. no cutoff. Uh, yeah. So that's something that I actually liked, though, was the action sequences. You're on the edge of your seat the whole entire time. You're wondering if he's actually going to get his daughter back or not. And then, of course, you wind up finding out that she's actually trying to be sold to a sex tra- trafficking and everything else, too. So you have him just tearing through France and just doing his thing. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, that's also where he gets typecast as the guy from Taken. <laughs> because everything else just feels like a taken movie that he's actually been in. And well, not, for me, it wasn't really a bad thing. It's Liam Neeson kicking ass in all the other movies that he's done since then. I've enjoyed. I mean, it's just again, I saw this in two thousand and nine, but I was when I saw for the first saw the first trailer, I'm okay, this might be pretty cool. But what really got me hooked on this movie is it was during one of the Fox NFL Sundays. It was right before kickoff. They showed that they showed another trailer for Taken. And this is the one where he's like, he's doing the um the, the knitting needles together. He's like, wake up. I need to listen. And he stabs the guys through the guy's leg with the knitting needles. I think it's in the uh, director's cut of it. But seeing that, I'm like, holy crap. He just did that. I'm like, okay, we got to see this movie. And then it's like, I saw it with my, like, I saw this with my parents and my brother and sister. We we saw, and this is the, early, the, the oldest movie ticket I have was taken. 
from 2009 when I saw this. It's like uh, it's like January 2009 or something when yep. I saw it, and it was this movie was just awesome. The action was great. Him like like and then the him and then his buddies calling him Rambo, and he just looked at him like kind of like really, <laughs> or just like the, I mean like the intensity for this the whole time. And like once the once he's chasing the uh, the parkour dude, I had a feeling he was gonna get hit by the truck and then to see him actually get hit by the truck still was pretty shocking and it was just but the action sequences were just fantastic and then it's how 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 like this this it was putting was just that one of those yes moments as soon as he finds his daughter and saves her and then he's like we can negotiate and he was like he he was channeling his inner bruce willis on that one he doesn't want to negotiate <laughs> Yeah, negotiations went out the window as soon as you're trying to sell his daughter. (laughs) And then, or the the moment for me that was really intense was like when he found the guy, Marco. You don't remember. We talked on the phone two days ago. I told you I'd find you. He's known for that monologue. I'm like, this, that monologue that he gave on the phone was just like, he means business. And then, and it's, it was funny in the uh, when they did the other take ins, the uh, the daughter Maggie Grace, she was on I think Fallon or so, and then pretty much and she was talking about how Liam Neeson's like the greatest at movie dad, and and for one of the boyfriends that she that dumped him, her or whatever, he actually did the same monologue again in in. And gave it to like let her like record it, so she has that voice message to say, "If you do that, I will find you," or whatever. In real, he did it again. He did that monologue again. <laughs> he's just he's just leaving these as like this. Some of those guys, that guy, I'm like, I'd watch most of the stuff he's in. I'm like, oh, I haven't watched Silence, which is the movie that everybody kept saying, "Oh yeah, this is the Martin Scorsese like like Jesuit movie or whatever that was came out in like 2016." Everybody I says they watched three hours. Nobody watched. That's the only one I haven't seen with this. But it, it, like Same. the, the t- him being typecast as take and take and stuff, I'm like, I'm okay with it. He's enjoying <laughs> it. I mean, he's having a good time. And he can do whatever right. he wants at this point. Right. Yeah, I'm, I feel I mean, like. This. Oh, going in here, Joe? No, you go ahead. Okay. I just feel like this. The same thing with Tom Cruise. He's at that age where it's like, I'm going to get pump out as much action films before I can't do this until my yeah. age. Just slow, uh, slows me down. That's how I feel about Liam Neeson and also Tom Cruise on why they're actually doing what they're doing, which I commend them for. But go on, Joe. I know that you wanted to say something, though. Uh, not yet. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, he's totally typecast in that movie. If I ever saw him, like, walking around in, like, Walmart, I'd be like, I'd give him my phone. I'd be like, do the line. Do the line. Call my friend. Do it. <laughs> but, like, on top of that, too, like... Going through the list, when we talked about 10,000 BC, I kind of thought of it. Taken as kind of a modern day 10,000 BC, if you kind of think about it, it's the same story. You know, love it, love uh, someone the guy loved got taken, and the guy go th- goes through hell to rescue her. You know, so I'm just like, huh, uh-huh. ain't that something? But yeah, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much hit on everything. Um, you know, that, that's all I can think of him for, to be honest. All right. To go back so, to Liam Neeson a little bit, um, it's just funny after Taken, seeing him in like a, a, appearing a million ways to die in the West, him being doing comedy. I mean, that, that he was hilarious in that movie. And then his brief appearance in Ted Two, asking about the tricks, and Ted's telling him, "Yeah, the tricks are they? Are he goes, are they just for kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You're fine. Anybody can eat it. And then he comes back in looking for the teddy bear, and he looks beat up." 
<laughs> and then of course him voice himself. Yeah. He was walking, and then he just know Liam Neeson's about to kick ass as soon as he's got that leather jacket on. Like, you know he means business once he's got that jacket on. Um, I remember, Joe, we saw Taken 2 and uh, when we were up at Salisbury. Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Taken series. Like, even no. though you know what it's going to be about, like, yeah. you can't like, go wrong with it. If you expect plot, don't go into Then you watch the movie. I mean, and then, and then, of course, him voicing his care, his voice in himself, and the Family Guy episode about how Peter wants to beat up Liam Neeson. I mean, it's just he's like, okay, and just go to this bar, and then you need to like, it needs to have somebody piss in your hand. I mean, it's this thing. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I mean, he's like, once he wants to be funny, he can be funny, but it's just, but yeah, I mean, if you expect anything else from the Taken series, then you, you obviously were expecting something different. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could just like keep going on with the Taken series, and like I could see Liam Neeson just being like, "How many times are you going to take her? <laughs> like, just leave her alone." <laughs> like, it'd be great if they just took Liam Neeson and then the, just had the wife try to rescue him. You know, just something well, different. I can't see that now because they they did the twist. They did the fugitive twist, having him kill the wife, and him like trying to clear his name. And all I could think true, of. True. Was- Taken three was Forrest Whitaker eating bagels through that whole entire uh, movie. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like him in that movie. It just, I just it just didn't yeah. seem him. And it's like I just found him kind of annoying in it. I mean, I just watched it because I wanted to see Liam and kick ass and the shaky cam not help. And I, no. I like, and this for me, I just knew Stewart was bad. Spoiler: anybody who hasn't seen it, but you probably should have. Um, I just knew as soon as they changed the actor for Stewart to this one guy, I think the bad guy from, uh, I think, Dirgery Scott. As soon as he had Dirgery Scott play Stewart, I knew he was the bad guy because that's, that always seems to be the case. It, like, like when they, so when they switch the cast member, he's bad. And so like, I knew that was going to happen like from the get go. Cause it's because it's just, I've seen a lot of his other stuff and he always plays bad guys. I mean, he's annoying, but. I mean, I, I mean, it fit it fit his character. I mean, but it's just, did you really think Liam Neeson wasn't gonna wasn't gonna stop you? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, um, is there anything else that you guys want to add to anything, or you're good on your list, or I'm just trying to make um, sure that we got everything. That's all I had for my top ten. Again, there's a lot of stuff that's in my honorable mention and least favorite. I will discuss. Um, when we get to that, um, don't worry, we want to mention that now. Save okay. I mean, I covered everything. Okay, I did too. So, with further ado, I just want to say thank you guys for joining me tonight. I do appreciate it. Uh, another thing, too, guys, is this if you guys want to go on ahead, if you like what you see, go on ahead, give us a thumbs up, share this with everybody, smash that share button. Another thing, too, we also have a movie website for all your entertainment needs and pleasures and everything. It's also called www.movieloversunite.com. If you guys also want to donate to the page and everything, go on ahead, go to the GoFundMe page in the links below. Another thing, too, we also have a Patreon that just got uh, kickstarted over the weekend. Go on ahead, check that out at www.patreon.com forward slash movie lovers unite and then of course we also have a pinterest movie lovers tv lovers unite we also have an instagram movie lovers tv lovers unite on there and then of course on twitter you can follow me at john degorio 8 or movie lovers unit and that's gonna do it for tonight i hope everyone has a great and safe night and always until next time guys bye-bye bye